he could be dangerous. And I'm a woman with father issues who's pushing 30, crammed into wet leather, and nursing a mean case of PMS. Who the hell's more dangerous than that? Yeah, I I knew that was exactly what we were going to go for. That was... The one of the most one of the worst in a whole uh, the a whole series of extremely uh, like misogynistic. So <laughs> like we- weirdly sexist. That's uh, not even uh, like uh, the reason I, I chose that one was because it was like pretty bad, but also one of the shortest. Usually they're way longer, way wordier and like yeah. fucking I wouldn't be able to read it all like oh Christ. Anyway, welcome to yeah, it, it, uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Uh, the comics one, the comic series. <laughs> um, uh, I'm Ted, <laughs> and I'm Trevor Drinkwater. Uh, and joining us again, uh, second time, I believe, right? Yes, That's indeed. Right. Yeah, uh, good friend of the show, Neil. Uh, yep, it's me, Neil, from Mature Listeners, a uh, audio eulogy for the Vertigo Comics line. Well, welcome back to the show, Neil, host of Mature Listeners and Small Talk, right? Yeah, Small Talk is past <laughs> defunct at this point. I finally changed the uh, show Twitter name. Still haven't changed the uh, the website URL. Uh, yeah, Mature Listeners and Goof Troop, the uh, double feature, the, the comedy double feature podcast. Oh, okay. That's a new one to me. Yeah, we uh, just recently had Rose from season one, and we need to talk about Kevin on to talk about Evil Dead <laughs> 2 and uh, Dead Alive, the Peter Jackson zombie movie. Oh, oh nice. that sounds great. I got to yeah, check that, that out. Uh, so what comic uh, did we read this time, Ted? Batman on Batman, Kevin Smith had wrote a truly horrible run of Spider-Man, six issues long, called The Evil That Men Do. Which is, of course, a quote from Shakespeare. More high-minded literary allusions in uh, in this uh, in Kevin Smith's comic book writing because he wants to be taken so fucking seriously as a comic writer, and it's sickening. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Kevin Smith quoting either Shakespeare or Pusha T, I would not be surprised with either. <laughs> oh, and you might be wondering, uh, so the evil that men do, uh, what kind of specific evil of, of men is being referred to in this title? Well, before we get into the many things wrong with this comic, uh, we don't usually do this, but I'm going to go ahead and give uh, the listener a big content warning here, because this is, there is a lot of gnarly uh, stuff <laughs> that we're gonna have to talk about in this this is the probably the most fucked up thing that we've uh had uh, to talk about on the pod since vulgar the clown oh, yeah. rape movie <laughs> yes this reasons. comic may so, contain uh, heroin use uh child sexual abuse anti-semitism including the holocaust and college date rape anything else col- i missed college date College date rape is underselling it. That's the, the it contains yeah. almost every, every almost every kind of rape you can imagine. Coll- the college date rape is the tamest uh, form of it, I'd say. This is this was a six part comic series, which notably there was a like four year gap in between. The first three issues ran in 2002, and Kevin Smith was such a fucking lazy, worthless piece of shit, he couldn't get around to doing the second, the the latter three issues until 2006. 
And uh, boy, does he leave you on, on one hell of a cliffhanger at the end of that third issue. Would you like to remind the listeners what Kevin Smith was doing in that time in terms of his work in film? Making a Jersey Girl, I believe. Jesus. <laughs> that sucks. That fucking sucked. Even before, even when I was just reading the first half, before I'd gotten to the real nasty stuff in the second half, this, I was already pretty sure that this was the worst of any of the comics we've read for this. Like, this Mm -hmm. is one of the worst things I've ever read. But before, like, putting aside all the truly unpleasant aspects of it that we'll get into, like... It's so horribly written. Kevin Smith writing Spider-Man is a recipe for total disaster. Like his like snarky Spider-Man one-liner jokes are fucking heinous. They're so bad. And then from the moment Black Cat is introduced, she's just mega fucking horny. It's it's fucking I I can't even believe how bad this is. It's and like, not in the way that Black Cat is even horny in the comics. She's just talking like a fucking teenage boy. Like there's no coyness. There's yeah. no it's it's like a complete like he's never fucking read Spider-Man before, except for he makes sure, you know, he knows everything about fucking Spider-Man history. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It yeah it it has all of the it does all of those things that we complained about him doing in all the other episodes the fucking constant constant like uh, people doing long monologues describing a previous thing that happened that all the characters present already fucking know about <laughs> uh, but um the the this the way he writes Black Cat just reeks of desperate teenage nerd virgin wish fulfillment. It's so pathetic. It's unbelievable that he, as an adult, a married adult with a child, was, like, writing this shit. It's so fucking juvenile, and it's nasty. It all feels like it's in really poor taste. It's, like... And then, on top of that, he manages to get in some truly, like, awful uh, sexist shit. The... 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 PMS uh, line, black, which is there's the second one part, PMS line in these comics that we've read by him, which yeah. is cool. The women are always saying, like, I'm PMSing and I have daddy issues. And I like saying all these things that women don't say about, the, like, the, the kind of things that men say about women to be, like, sexist. But it's like, oh, she's having the, <laughs> it's the woman saying it. She's just one of the guys or whatever. But um, there's a part where, oh, first of all, throughout the first couple of issues, uh, when Spider-Man and Black Cat are like kind of flirting. Spider-Man keeps making fat, keeps calling her fat and like yeah. insulting her weight. And this is supposed to be like a playful like thing. And she's like, stop it. You're going to give me an eating disorder, you know? <laughs> and also, yeah, Spider-Man is that. married. In this comic, Spider-Man is married. Like, yeah. This whole time. And His wife like, doesn't appear at all. all. The Mary Jane never shows up. Okay, so you're Kevin Smith. Right. You're this comedy, goofy stoner movie guy and you're doing like uh, you're writing Spider-Man, who's like sort of one of the most fun, like the most fun kind of Marvel Marvel hero. Right. And instead of trying to do something just uh, fun and lighthearted and and kind of funny, he feels the need to do something really fucking serious and take a huge left turn into. Well, I guess earlier there's there's all this stuff with the drug 
overdoses, so it's already like way too serious from the start. Right, and but, then but the drug really... guy is like it starts out very goofy. It's the man who superpowers heroin, and like yes, that is touching but, on some issues, but not to the extent that the second half does. The second no, half no, is sir, sir, just about a PSA. <laughs> Certainly not, but the like the heroin and the like uh, overdoses is it's all like trying to lean into mature stuff, especially that one movie star that they tell us is like into teenage boys. And then that seems like he's going to be kind of like a bad guy or something like, oh, he likes teenage boy. So there's already uh, uh, intimations of of rape. And I had forgotten the room full of people that is murdered while a toddler cries on the floor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But God. then but then that movie star guy isn't even is just treated as kind of like an innocent bystander because he gets killed by the the mutant, the guy's mutant heroin powers. And then so him, the, the so the fact that he is this movie star is a pedophile was just like an unnecessary detail and is kind of just Kevin being homophobic again, you know? Yeah, like. Why? Oh, and the. Uh, oh, and fucking and the 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 fact if if he I don't know if Kevin planned all along for this to become all about rape in the second half or if he decided that in, somewhere in the three year uh, interim because there's so much tasteless stuff, uh, 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 tasteless and sexist and and gross stuff in the first that makes it feel even more inappropriate. There's a part where Black Cat says to Spider Man like. Oh, I was just a kid then. And he and Spider-Man says, oh, yeah, you were a kid just like Amy Fisher or Monica Lewinsky was a kid. Nah, cut the shit. You're a full grown adult and you you were a full grown adult and you could make all you're responsible for your own decisions. And it's so everyone knows the Monica Lewinsky story. Amy Fisher, for our younger listeners, was uh, 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 dubbed the Long Island Lolita because she had an affair with a guy named Joey Buttafuoco when she was 17, 16 or 17, I believe. And then it turned into like a murder thing. This was like one of those, a huge story in the 90s. Like this was like uh, alongside like OJ and all that stuff. This was like a huge topic. The names were funny and there was a murder. I forget how it all played out. If you've ever read a Dave Barry collection, you've probably read the name Joey Buttafuoco at least 50 times. Yeah, yeah. But but Amy Fisher was actually an underage girl, which was part of why this story was so scandalous. And then and then uh, so it's not bad enough. Spider-Man is saying like Monica Lewinsky wasn't a victim. She's doing what uh, she was doing. But then also grouping in Amy Fisher, who was a statutory rape victim. Okay, Google (laughs) Uh, Twitter search from that Kevin Smith, Tara Reid. Oh no! Oh, God. Do I want? Oh, oh, that Tara Reid. I thought you. I was thinking of the the actress Tara <laughs> oh, yeah, Reid. Yeah. I was like, what could he have said about? <laughs> what, do I not know something about her? He's probably said stuff about the other one, but I did mean the the Joe Biden one. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's never mentioned that. So the second half, if the first half is a sort of detective story with Black Cat and Spider-Man investigating Garrison Klum, the high society billionaire who's throwing parties, talking to the media, and secretly dealing heroin on the side, the second half is a legal drama introducing Daredevil, who is trying to uh, get Black Cat off for the murder of Garrison Klum. He is killed at the end of the third issue. Uh, It is implied he's about to sexually assault her, 
And that is what Daredevil believes to be the case. <sighs> he attempted to sexually assault her and she killed him. She denies this. Uh, it is revealed in what I can only describe as oh a my series God. of escalating bad decisions that Garrison Klum was yep. actually killed by his little brother, who A, uh, is a mutant who has the same teleportation powers his brother does. That's how he's able to... But, mu- but more powerful. Yes. He, the ga- Garrison, Garrison is able to dose has... people with like a little bit of heroin from across a room. His brother is able to teleport himself and other people. Uh, that's A. Yeah. Uh, B, uh, he was molested by Garrison. Uh, yeah, okay, so this is, this is like, w- there's so many... It keeps doubling down for these last three issues on the... Because first yeah. of all, there was a thing where, like, it seemed like Black Cat was... Re- oh, also, like, uh, uh, Matt Murdock and Peter both completely don't believe her when about her saying that she wasn't raped. Like, she's saying, yeah. like, oh, she must just be in denial. Like... And that's and then they, these are supposed to be good men who are just concerned. And she's saying like, no, he didn't rape me. That didn't happen. And like Matt Murdock's immediate assumption is like, oh, my God, the poor thing. She's in denial. She won't admit that she got raped. And Peter just agrees with her. And it's like, man, that sucks that she it must have been so horrible for her if she can't admit it. And at the same time, she's like describing very seriously like what the trauma of sexual assault is like. This feels very much like somewhere between 2002 and 2006, someone explained to Kevin what rape was. And he was like so shocked to learn about rape for the first time. Yeah. That he has to let, he's like, oh my God, people need to know about this. I need to make this comic all about how bad rape is. Like, did you guys know about this stuff? <laughs> hey guys, you heard about this shit? Much like Chasing Amy feels like uh, something he wrote right after finding out what lesbians are, that's how Ugh. this is with, like, sexual assault. And that's not even getting to see of my uh, escalating series of bad decisions, which yeah. is oh, yeah. uh, that uh, Garrison Klum's brother's uh, mutant powers are in part uh, the result oh, of Nazi yeah. experimentation. I mean, in full a result of Nazi experimentation. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. His parents were human mutant hybrids. Yeah. Like, yeah, they come from a German Jewish family. Yeah. And also, totally unnecessary because you've already established that they're mutants, which is a thing that happens naturally in this universe. And you could just leave it at that. But for some reason, he feels the need to tie in the fucking uh, uh, Nazi experimentation on Jews. There's always stuff with Jews in his comics. Do you notice that? Uh, yeah, like, between this always, and like, Widening Gyre, it is. What does this guy have there, there was, regarding there the was Jewish anti- people? <laughs> yeah, there was the really fucked up uh, synagogue attack thing in Widening Gyre, but he also he had anti Semitic stuff in one of the two ones that we've read uh, this month. I don't even remember, but I there's mean, always weird Jews stuff. Let's just say it was both. Who cares? Yeah, pro- probably. It's um, so weird. Like, he's. Why does Kevin think that he needs to, like, touch on all these fucking serious issues and be a serious comic guy when he's fucking known for stupid ass stoner comedy at this point and like 
and of Spider-Man. It's a, like, why does he do? But like, he sucks so much at it. He's trying I mean, to be think... so serious, but he's the most he's the most juvenile writer and puts the worst, cringiest jokes in these characters' mouths, even while they're talking about this insanely heavy stuff and going on in such deep. The last two issues are almost entirely. Uh, uh, Black Cat and that the other guy, the mutant, explaining their backstories yeah. and all the horrible, traumatic things that happened to them in detail. Isn't that's like the whole, the whole so, like a third of this comic is just that. It, it is extremely for weird him. that in his you know uh, exploits in the comic book industry, you know, an industry built by the the work of you know exploited Jewish labor, this Gentile motherfucker keeps bringing this yeah. shit up when it. Is not his business. Yeah, I know this fucking ca- Catholic ass, fucking uh, Anglo-Saxon, fucking like shut up about the Jew stuff. This already. motherfucker and whose foreskin is probably as big as his goddamn jorts. Uh, I mean, I, I could see him being cut, honestly. Catholics no, no, he's def he's definitely cut, and uh, uh, I mean, uh, he might have he uh, he might have uh, uh, been mutilated even. Even worse than the nor- the a regular uh, uh, young boy at birth. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Smith doing force in restoration, and he's just got like a hockey jersey for his cock. Ke- Kevin Smith, just so, just since you mentioned it, I, I don't want to talk about Kevin Smith's cock, but since you brought it up, I, he does seem he does have the personality of someone with a, a fucked up dick, like it's deformed or something, right? Like, wouldn't that explain so much um, about right. him? I don't want to talk about this even with you bringing it up. I what I want to talk about is I, okay. I think that that's all. That's all I had to say <laughs> on the matter. I think that the reason he writes this heavy stuff is that. Because he doesn't have to worry about treating it with respect and writing characters in a nuanced way, it's pretty easy for him. I mean, he's he's a notoriously lazy man. Um, he probably doesn't feel like he can just write a fun, feel-good romp because he feels like it's his responsibility to bring seriousness to but comics. But if you're gonna be lazy, just be lazy. Don't I know, do a fucking I know. lazy, it, half-assed attempt at writing this serious, dramatic shit. Exactly. God. But the thing is, he's he's thinks he's better than comics. Like, there's no other reason he oh. would write like this if that wasn't the case. And it's yeah. just easy Fuck, you're right. to write these stupid, serious things in. I, I I would like to bring up the the even more mortifying premise that this is this is the best he can do. This is him trying to be respectful, and he's just that bad. This is the absolute worst. It might be the worst thing he's written of all. Like yeah. of all of the things Kevin's done, we've talked about. This might be the absolute worst. One. It has uh, the least plot holes. I would say I didn't notice any super glaring ones, except for that the one mutant brother can teleport ideas into your mind to like for like limited mind control, which is pretty fucking stupid. But other no, I think that, he's just controlling their bodies, or like he's doing mind control that's so- somehow like a byproduct of teleportation. Yeah, just he's. Doesn't they make said sense. He, he it's like a, it's like a brain chemistry thing. It's fucking stupid. It's, it's oh, stupid that's fucking hell. stupid. Okay, but but whatever. So uh, the 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 plot that seems to be established in the first half is just completely abandoned and tossed aside, and that becomes all about like reckoning with this uh, sexual assault stuff. And fucking so 
there's so many things. Like we said, the whole thing is Black Cat is Peter's old girlfriend and they're like flirting and stuff. And But Peter is married now and can't act on it. So ra- rather than having his wife, Mary Jane, be a character in this story and have that and just have like have that be like the thing like, oh, they're getting too close. Mary Jane is jealous. Uh, Peter's tempted to cheat on her. Like that th- that seems like where the whole point of where this should go right like that's what they're setting up in the beginning there's a point where they kiss with his mask on it's awkward you know but then mary jane never even shows up and he's and then he's peter's spending the whole comic worrying about you know black cat being assaulted and stuff and then mary jane is just not there he just it's like he doesn't give a shit about his wife um what does that tell you about the writer and (laughs) And like fucking the and also he the way he even writes the bad guy, the bad guy is only in the first half uh, Clum, is uh, he's always talking like a fucking dipshit nerd middle schooler, too. He's making all these stupid fucking references. He does like a Ferris Bueller's day off joke right before right before he drugs and tries to rape black cat he does like a ferris bueller joke it's like what the fuck you expect this to be like an intimidating villain he's talking like a little boy just like all your other fucking characters this sucks how much of this guy do you think was based on harvey weinstein oh my god well i got the feeling that he was supposed to be like a trump style guy uh because uh he's like a new he's a new york guy he's a big personality he has a big tower he lives in called clum tower in in columbus circle and he also mentions trump it compares himself to trump at one point as if it wasn't obvious enough already they both have german names oh but then they're also jewish so there's a little bit of harvey in there probably unconsciously though he probably didn't mean to make it about harvey but i i I think it was kind, kind of an amalgamation of trump and harvey though it is oh, funny God. that they name drop Trump in this. Yeah, and they name drop Harvey too. Did you catch that? Oh, I, I didn't <laughs> when, know. Uh, uh, Garrison oh Garrison Clump. I keep wanting to call him Clump. That's they should have just named him Clump. Yeah. When Clumps. when when Garrison Clump is getting the like uh, best guy in the city. Oh, because he all this is also about nine eleven because he was writing this in two thousand two, just months after the nine eleven attacks, oh. and so of course he has to tie that in too. So. Uh, Garrison Clump is getting uh, like a special city, New York City award for being the best guy about 9-11. And at like the after party reception or whatever, he's saying like, I told you they should have given it to Rudy for doing such a good job. Hey, even or even give it to Harvey because he threw that great benefit concert. So that's just a way to like uh, casually fucking suck Harvey's dick in the middle of this whole thing, like reminding everyone what a good guy uh, Harvey is because he did a 9-11 benefit. <laughs> <laughs> and Weinstein doesn't even live in New York, right? He was always LA based. So that's the suggestion that he should win a New York City uh, award is, is weird to begin with. I, I don't have a uh, encyclopedic knowledge of Harvey Weinstein's uh, uh, <laughs> living He was LA based. He was a Hollywood guy. I was saying that as like a rhetorical question. I believe that that is correct. The answer is yes. Listener, write in if you know where Harvey Weinstein was no, living in the aftermath no. of 9-11. That's enough about Harvey Weinstein because we already have to. And also, that's sort of ironic to have like sort of a, a, a 
show Kevin's like admiration for Harvey Weinstein, who's now an actual convicted rapist. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but, oh man, I wonder. It almost makes me wonder if Kevin was uh, subconsciously signaling through writing this that he knew about Harvey, right? <laughs> Because we know he knew, we know Kevin knew, maybe, I, I wasn't sure if he would have known all the way back then, but certainly before 2017, fucking Kevin knew. Hashtag you know, Kevin knew. everybody knew. Yeah, and I'm thinking Kevin knew all the way back then, but was in denial, and it came out subconsciously through this character of fucking Garrison Clump was a secret confession that he knows and is complicit in uh, Harvey Weinstein's sex crimes. And he feels so guilty about it, which is why he made this whole weird, overly serious uh, sexual assault uh, of Spider-Man comic. Are you guys with me on this one? Isn't this a good <laughs> like, psychoanalysis? Uh, you know, maybe something did happen in the uh, time between uh, 2002 and 2006 that really uh, brought Kevin brought that into Kevin's mind to amp it up in the second well, half of this I, comic. Well, but I mean, like, even the the threat of, uh, you know, him, I, I don't know, whatever. I, I, I think he probably knew back in 2002. I, I think he always knew. Uh, but yeah, so the guy, he uses his heroin uh, 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 teleportation powers to, like, do, he seems to be OD, killing all his customers. Like he just keeps re repeatedly like killing uh uh people who would be you know buying heroin from him. Instead, he just teleports it into their bodies for free to kill them. And he's also accidentally killing uh like certain uh kids that he's trying to uh sexually assault and just wants to give them oh. enough uh heroin to, like, to be unresponsive, but them. accidentally gives them enough to kill them. And then. Finally, when Black Cat comes around, he's perfected the dosage, so he knows how to how to give her uh, just enough to be defenseless, is, but it doesn't kill you know, her. <laughs> not how that works. It's different dosages yeah. for different people. It's not like he's weighing her. Maybe that's why he was taking <laughs> yeah, and, how fat and she also was the he's and also he's been in the fucking heroin trade for years. You would like know that instinctively. Ah, uh, Felicia Hardy. <laughs> I assume you noticed that digital scale I placed on my windowsill. The one God. redeeming quality of this is that, like, teleporting heroin into people is a pretty cool idea. I know. Maybe it's no, been done wrong. before. I no, think it's veto. Cool. I'm ve I'm ve I think it's cool. I'm vetoing that. I'm vetoing, okay? It's incredibly fucking stupid. It's not redeeming. It, it is stupid it is. as shit. It's stupid. Compared stu to the rest fine. of the comic, no. it is stupid in a Lamau way instead of a what-the-fuck way. Yeah, okay, so... It, I. I agree that the heroin thing isn't uh, uh, deeply offensive and uh, uh, morally uh, questionable for someone to write compared to some of the other stuff in this comic. Yeah, it's not minimizing it's not a good. historical tragedy it's, okay. by it's uh, not, dragging the X-Men into it. It's not like incredible or great or anything, but it's not no, like I, everything I, I, else. I, 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 I already vetoed it's bad. Idea. We're moving on. <laughs> uh, it's uh, so like... Fuck, I forget what I was gonna say. Um the I'm like trying to avoid getting into the there's still stuff about the second half that we haven't talked about. The okay, so uh so uh, Garrison Clump 
is the bad guy and he's an established like ch child rapist and he molested his brother all through like growing up and so and his brother what's his brother's name max matthew what was his name i don't remember the I other was max. the other the <coughs> max the max Cl max clump the little clump brother he kind of the little the little clump brother is the one who is like he's like the victim in all this. So like uh even though he seems like kind of a bad guy, uh, uh black cat Felicia is like sympathizing with him and he busts her out of prison and she like wants to help him get better and, and stuff. But also in the process of of uh of Max Clump uh telling uh, Francis, by traumatic... the way, that's that's the character's actual Francis. name. In the process of Francis, Fra wow, Frank, Fra Frank Clump is telling his fucking uh, tragic childhood story. And in the process of that, he also rapes a, 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 a prostitute. Like he's his uh, that his uh, brother took him to to like lose his virginity. But he oh, my God, it's so disgusting. Extra Ooh. warning here because it's gross to describe this. Uh, he only wanted to have anal sex with the sex worker. And uh, because because he's been uh, uh, molested anally, presumably by his brother so many times, that's the only thing that he's interested in. And she uh, thinks that's absolutely disgusting and is offended and laughs at him and mocks him for even asking that and actually absolutely refuses to do it. So he uses his telekinetic mind control powers to force her to do it. And this whole and this is all portrayed as if he didn't really do anything wrong. And he was actually kind of the victim here because the sex worker was so mean to him. It's, it's, and it's, like and it doesn't even bother for him is insane. Like they really, really want to like redeem this character, which like I mean, I understand like wanting to redeem somebody. There was no need, need to give to. him make him also a rapist. They could have just yeah. not put that part in. But Kevin almost doesn't seem to understand that that makes him a rapist too. He seems to I mean, first of all, since it's a sex worker, she's obviously not, you know, her her purity isn't worth as much as like a regular person, so that makes it more excusable, but also cuz she laughed at him and mocked him. And that made him really mad. So that gave him even more trauma. So really, like, he was the victim in that situation is how it's supposed to come off, which is insane and disgusting. I can't believe how fucking disgusting this comic is. It's nasty. It's ugly. It's vile. And it's completely juvenile. I, I'm All not sure that I would totally agree that that is the exact stance, but I, I do agree with you that there is a, a weird elighting of that incident there is this sort of implication that like you know he's replicating the things that were done to him he's stuck in this cycle and the the way it all ends he fails to get out of the cycle when uh black cat offers it to him because i the, the way this ends up with this miscommunication and this he basically just had the misfortune of being in a spider-man comic instead of a, an actual drama about this sort of issue I okay I I have to push back on that uh because I do think uh, like so uh Felicia talks to him about like the cycle of abuse or whatever right but at no point is that uh uh incident uh cited 
as something that he did wrong. In fact, it's brought up again as something that happened to him. Like, and she, she's telling him, like, we can go to the cops, you can explain everything, you can explain what your brother did, and you can explain about the hooker and all that, It, which is like, uh, b- because that was part of his victimization. Like, Kevin doesn't even understand that he I, I had forgotten that she there. brings it up in that, in that context, in that way, that is... I think that Kevin doesn't think that it's... Kevin didn't understand, at least at the time, that uh, you could rape a, a prostitute. Like since she since she's a, a hooker and it's her job, like it's not really a rape because she was getting paid to have sex with him. He just used his mutant mind powers to physically force her into doing something she didn't want to do. But that's like her job. And she was mean. So I think he genuinely didn't think of that as a sexual assault. Uh, you know what? The exact thing is they'll understand, Francis, about your brother, the hooker in Atlantic City, everything. I holy shit i yeah uh, it's fuck and felicia doesn't seem bot like because and the and felicia who is also of course a rape victim as we hear about her whole uh past in, in detail um and this guy tell this guy telling her his story and she isn't even bothered at all when that part comes up and doesn't even doesn't tell him like that was wrong he doesn't admit to any uh uh guilt or remorse about that it's all just framed as part of his victimization so like so fuck and these are just uh issues that Kevin Smith should not fucking be Gu- guys everyone listening I'm sorry that this isn't a very funny episode yeah it's, yeah it's, it's, this shit like I that's why I put the warning at the beginning like this shit is really fucking gnarly and it's so and it's so juvenile at the same time it's full of Kevin's usual juvenile jokes but even when he's trying to get into this serious stuff about sexual violence it's still written in such a fucking juvenile way that like uh, like you just can't like I can't fucking believe it I like it the, it really the- sucks to take a character like Black Cat who's had years of continuity and be like explicitly say the reason she became like a sort of bad oh my god superhero it's so was nasty. because she was raped like she that he makes the character herself say that it's 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 like to have the just like entitlement to be like yeah i'm allowed to like write this into this character's backstory is insane like i i was so relieved when when he was doing basically the whole or at least half of the last issue is her explaining her backstory i was so so relieved when she didn't get molested by her father Because there was a point at the beginning of her backstory where it seemed like it was about to be her dad that 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 assaulted her. And like and and I was like, oh, my God, Kevin, no, you're doing this again. But then, no, it didn't happen. It was a regular uh, college style uh, rape thing. He does two fake outs. You you say that half of the sixth issue is a Catwoman explaining her backstory. That is in addition to the fifth issue, which is half Francis explaining his backstory and half Nightcrawler explaining the history of these uh, Nazi experiments. 
Yeah, this is another a thing that he's done in almost all of these is like devote like a second to last issue of just someone explaining their whole life story. But in this one, it's actually spread out over the last two issues with multiple characters telling their whole life story. Uh, you know how in the end of Clue, Tim Curry goes around the mansion explaining everything that was happening during the movie leading up to the big yeah. reveal of who did it at the end? This is that, but without mm -hmm. the actual reveal of like something interesting at the end. End? Yeah, yeah. But and the reveal like, at the end is that oh, he's Mysterio now. Also, it's it's uh Kevin seems to take it for granted that both of these uh victims who are talking to each other uh would want to talk about uh, all their experiences in detail and would encourage uh, uh the each other to do it. Like he told her some he told her some of his childhood story and t mentioned being molested and like uh and she says something like tell me more about what your brother did to you what a weird fucking thing to say to a guy it's like <laughs> a know? fallout like, dialogue have, choice have you not have you not have you not gotten the picture yet and then she like feels the need to tell her into so much detail like i feel like most uh, I feel like unless uh, you're talking to your therapist, like most people would feel like just saying this happened to me is kind of like enough, you know, because it, her telling her story spurred on by like her being like, oh, I understand what you're going through. And he's like, how could you possibly understand? And she responds by explaining her whole uh, uh, trauma story in detail rather than just being like, it happened to me too. Well, not you know? only that, like, but what? her revealing that she was assaulted is the—it's the cliffhanger of issue five, which. Oof. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's also like uh, taken as like it was somehow like the fact that she hadn't uh, t told this to anyone before is like a, a sort of like a, a flaw that she's overcoming. And it's very important for her because at the end, she also starts opening up to Peter and she's about to tell him the story. So it's like, it's like important for her character growth that she'd be willing to like, you don't owe Peter fucking anything. It, if you don't want to tell him, you don't have to tell him like what it's, it's really uh, bizarre that it's like, like suggesting that like she needs to talk about it. So throughout this entire second half, I was reminded of this uh, PSA comic from the 80s where Spider-Man and the Power Pack uh, addressed the issue of child sexual abuse. And that had the benefit of like being targeted to an audience of children and having the express mission of saying, hey, if this is happening to you, that's not OK. And you, it's OK for you to tell someone and seek help for it. I don't understand who the audience of this would be who would not be if not insulted at least put off by it yeah uh, spe speaking of psas uh to get off the sexual violence stuff for a second uh the the way um kevin uh in all of these i think in green arrow and daredevil as well actually especially in green arrow the way that kevin handles the issue of drugs is extremely cop-like. He come, especially in Green Arrow, he comes off as extremely pro-drug war. And like, there's, all, and which is especially weird for Green Arrow, who's supposed to be like a lefty, having him be like, there's so much of like Green Arrow, like busting drug dealers and like, and junkies and stuff. And like, se seeming to be very like anti-drug, 
you know? And like, and then that comes, and then the way he portrays like the uh, drug stuff in this is very, very sinister. You know, this incredibly evil Harvey Weinstein like man is like using heroin for pure like evil. And it's like, I don't know. There's this very, very like PSA, dramatic PSA uh, style depiction of drugs in like, all of these comments and from Kevin and fucking like, Smith of all people. Yeah, from people. Kevin fucking Smith. Like I exactly. I, I don't want to make like uh, uh, a uh, equivalency between heroin and marijuana as to their effects on your life, but like how many? How how? What is the cubic weight of drugs that have been ingested during Kevin Smith movies? Yeah, yeah, and as and it's also like uh, fuck. It has the. It has the attitude towards drugs that um, that comic books had in the 80s when Nancy Reagan was like uh, uh, making them do drug PSAs in the comic books. It, it, it's like it's like that uh, Green Arrow comic from the 70s. Speedy, you're on dope. <laughs> yeah. And and that's fine. And that's fine because that's a personal story. It's about him becoming like an addict. You know, heroin addiction is a real problem. But like, it's not about like, you know, fucking Spider-Man gleefully beating up and busting drug dealers. And like, they take out their guns and immediately start shooting Spider-Man because drug dealers are such bad people. You know, it's ve- it's very like uh, he had a very weirdly conservative Reaganistic kind of view of, I mean, of course, that he grew up like that, uh, and I think yeah. he never really did drugs growing up. He didn't smoke weed till he was like forty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> oh my god, that that is not a factoid I expected to learn today. Uh, oh, like, also, guess what ethnicity the drug dealers are. Um, Hispanic. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I'm pretty sure they're like the only non-white characters in this entire comic. The oh yeah, the the you know, uh, rival, the rival drug gang to the um the evil mutant Jew kingpin is uh, a a bunch of yeah a, a Latino gang. <laughs> That's really funny, and it's also like. So weird that like he's he's uh used the drug trade to rise up to like billionaire status and is like a basically a real estate mogul now. Like he's at a point where he doesn't need to fuck with uh selling drugs to like individual. Like if anything, he should just be moving like huge weight of heroin and keeping his his hands clean. It's weird that he'd be basically selling drugs to people on the well, street. Well, look, he explained he can only and competing move, with street dealers. He can only move like, small what? amounts of heroin. That's the whole point of the teleportation. He can only move it a little no, bit at not, a time. I'm not talking about the teleportation. I'm talking about his fucking business <laughs> model. It makes no sense. There's no way he could get that rich f- fucking uh, selling uh, grams of hair. He should be the one supplying all the heroin to uh, those uh, Latino street dealers yeah. instead of fucking competing with them and killing them all. I, I have to say, I've only just now realized what a complete anti-Semitic caricature this guy is. Uh, not only is he a Jewish drug dealer, he's also a rapist. I, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Fucking 
God. Yeah, much like certain uh, uh, Jews in Hollywood that Kevin uh, has personal knowledge <laughs> of. Um, but yeah, yeah. And but like his conception of how the drug trade works makes absolutely no sense. Like even even if someone at his level want did keep selling heroin, which is honestly unlikely, because if you're if you have all that real estate, the you don't need to supplement your income with fucking selling drugs. It's too much of a risk. But even if he did, he would still like not touch it himself. There's no reason for him to be fucking with that stuff. The only reason he. The, yeah, I guess you're right. The only thing he likes about the heroin is that he can use it for. But that's not the only way you can kill people with teleportation. You could teleport. It doesn't even need to be heroin. You could teleport oxygen into someone's bloodstream. You know, or you could teleport uh, water into a person's lungs. Like the ability to teleport liquid into a person's body, it doesn't require heroin to kill them. You know, it's not necessary. <laughs> and all it does is create this weird mystery where it's like, oh, how'd they OD on heroin when they don't have any track marks? It's like fucking, that, that it would be less mysterious if you killed them a different way. It's like, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be seem as fishy. You could make it look natural. I now I'm wondering, like, when in the formulation of this project did that power come into being? Like, was it just his solution to the locked room mystery of how did someone OD on heroin yes. without any yes. heroin even entering the room? Absolutely. Yeah. That. Like, <laughs> that, that's I mean, it's the only the only way Kevin knows how to write is to invent something and then backtrack to explain it like. Every single one of these comics yeah. that we've read by him, this and is the least that egregious so of them. Clever. I, Kevin Smith saw that one episode of Detective Conan where the answer to the locked room mystery was the guy froze a knife blade up in a brick of water, then fell back first onto it and thought, no, no, that's not stupid enough. <laughs> I have no idea what the thing you're talking about is. <laughs> Uh, it would it would be too hard to explain the entire history of Detective Conan or even the plot of that one episode. I am by no means asking you to explain it to me. Uh, <laughs> with just remarking that I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, it's incredible. His conception of how everything in the world works is completely uh, stupid and naive. He doesn't understand a single thing about people in life. And... Like, there's something so, the way he, like, has no idea how to, like, create an appropriate tone for depicting these serious things. Like, you can tell that he really wants this to be, like, taken seriously. And, like, he's talk trying to talk about stuff that is important and have, like a like, you know, the morally right thing to say about or whatever. But he's... First of all, completely blinkered and doesn't understand like the 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 dynamics and politics around sexual assault. So the stuff is all, you know, disjointed and makes no sense. But also just the sheer tastelessness of it and front front loading front loading this comic with all this weird horniness and misogyny and shit only to make it about how bad rape is in the second it's like the the tone is all wrong and it just uh, it feels like he genuinely doesn't like understand empathy like he does he truly like can't e empathize with people he doesn't like he's almost like 
almost on the verge of being like a straight up like sociopath is how I feel reading the way he like tries to write about this shit. You know, I, like, do, do you guys understand what I mean? Like the bizarre, like the bizarre, like tonal conflicts of this thing. It's like his it feels like his brain is he's like missing something in his brain. It's like he just recently exited his pre-woke period. Like, yeah, like he's trying really hard to access empathy and he just doesn't even know how to do it is what it's, it feels like. <laughs> oh, my God. What if that's what he was doing in the three year hiatus? Going through this woke period, and this is the result. Oh, God. You know, writing and directing Jersey Girl really made him grow up. Oh, by the way, I didn't even realize this, but uh, uh, d during this time, he had actually started on two uh, comic series for Marvel. Uh, one of them was a Daredevil Bullseye series, and he'd only written one issue of that before, like, taking the big... Uh, hiatus in, in 2002 but in like insisted that he was gonna like finish all of them but he never ended up he did finish the Spider-Man one obviously but he never ended up writing another issue of da of the Daredevil <laughs> thing like dude you you suck so much <sighs> he's given years and years uh, uh, to do this endless creative freedom from uh, Marvel they don't seem to edit him at all there's like a clear marked difference between his uh, uh, Marvel writing and his DC writing. We were talking on the last episode about how like Green Arrow was, you know, comparatively much better than the other stuff. And it seems like he's being edited in his DC work. Marvel is just kind of letting him do whatever he wants, fuck with continuity as much as he wants. And also like just basic stuff like spelling and grammar and shit is all fucked up like in many places and no one even bothered to edit it <laughs> I, I was gonna ask <laughs> like, like when in his comics career that was but guardian devil would have been before green arrow which would have been before this so maybe it's just that dc is much less starch struck by the idea of having kevin smith write for them that they won't have they won't have their editor-in-chief draw his comics debut but they will let him bring his completely untalented friend in to draw 12 issues of Batman. Yeah, that's exactly what I, I was trying to say, is that DC is like doing their jobs as editors and trying to impose some kind of structure on him and not letting him just go wild and make a completely in, incoherent bullshit comic, you know? And like, and also just bothering to do the basics of fucking copy editing, making so that there aren't like a bunch of like spelling errors and shit. But then, Mar but Marvel is fucking, they're running a ramshackle operation over there they don't after this i don't think he ever wrote for marvel again so i imagine they got pretty fed up with him you know pushing back all these deadlines by years and never finishing one of them that probably soured his whole relationship with marvel <laughs> and to this day he's still begging begging and pleading to get back into marvel's good graces and be a part of those movies and they want nothing to do with him <laughs> we should point out that this actually ties in a little bit to uh the guardian devil run because at the end uh, yes of the comic, it is mentioned um, in passing yeah francis well, garrison it, it, that's that's is... during a but that's during a monologue that where Peter mentions like three major events that happened to, no, to no, Matt no. Murdock in the past. There's and more. one of them is, oh, sorry, this isn't what you meant. But yeah, but there is a thing where like 
Peter is basically just telling uh, Daredevil in a long monologue, like a bunch of stuff that happened to him before. And one of the ones that he tells him about is the shit from uh, Guardian Devil. But yeah. sorry, go ahead with There's a thing. scene where Daredevil is like, he's like remembering something sad and it's him holding Karen Page. But then at the end, of course, uh, Francis Garrison, the bad guy, um, he escapes death by teleporting oh right right and then he's like face is all fucked up for some stupid fucking reason that never gets uh you know never comes to fruition and he buys the um mysterio suit from wilson fisk tying back to when mysterio died in guardian devil and it sucks and obviously yeah. it never went anywhere so well i did i i Who actually looked cares? this up i, I want to find it real quick and read it because like they basically just threw this development away. He he very Francis Clum very briefly became uh the new uh uh fucking Mysterio. Mysterio. He he reasoned that by using an old enemy's costume, he could put Spider-Man off guard. Spider-Man would assume blah blah blah, who cares? However, Clum's plans to kill Spider-Man at Midtown High were interrupted when he was stabbed in the chest by school nurse Miss Arrow Stingers after an altercation with the other two Mysterios, Quentin Beck having returned from the dead. <laughs> Clump teleported to safety, although Arrow, who was later revealed blah blah blah, whatever, who was later revealed to be an arrow, a being composed of hundreds of spiders, uh, would later say that his stingers were failed. Anyone except Spider-Man. Clum has not been seen since. So they basically <laughs> took this, all of the developments of Kevin Mysterio killing himself and this guy becoming the new Mysterio. They took that and just threw it all in the fucking trash. They're like, no, because Mysterio, the old Mysterio's, al the old Mysterio's alive again. And this guy is dead. Fuck, like, fuck that. So earlier so, uh, you mentioned that it seemed like uh, Marvel had learned their lesson from Kevin Smith. I'd like to tell you about Ultimate Wolverine vs. Hulk, which uh, released two issues in 2005. What? No! And the remainder of what the series, that? the six-issue series, was postponed for four years until March 2009, and it was- guess who wrote it? Who? Damon Lindelof. Fucking... Oh, okay. Oh, oh that's okay. fine. We don't have to read that. Okay, so- Okay, you confuse me. That has nothing uh, to yes. do with they, me they talking not, about Kevin They did Smith's not hire Kevin Smith again, but they did hire a, a bad TV and film writer to write a six-issue series that gets massively delayed. Okay, but at that point, Damon Lindelof had like a, a lot of heat on him and was like basically a respected writer in Hollywood. They'd have been as starstruck by him as they would have been by Kevin back in 1999. That makes perfect sense. When I'm saying they learned their lesson, I mean they learned their lesson about working that Kevin sucks and they shouldn't work with him. Uh, they they learned their lesson in microcosm, but didn't expand it to macrocosm. But uh, whatever, I feel like you're misrepresenting my uh, joke, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, uh, do we have any kind of uh, Kevin's receipts, uh, uh, Neil? I know you were looking up uh, Kevin posts about spider-man did you find anything uh, yes sadly there? most of them are just him uh simping for uh media stuff uh simping for stan lee media appearances but the Ugh, the, the one that showed up and was not that and really struck me because of this comic in particular is from uh november 2010 uh via at somebody who's giving him this information Rachel McAdams might be the Black Cat in Spider-Man 4. Any thoughts? Uh, that makes Black Cat a Canadian chick. 
I'll aboot that. Uh, P- fucking pure, just him. distilled piece of shit Kevin behavior. Like it, it's it's not enough that this is another example of his weird Canada kink. It's in this context, it hits harder. He's such a fucking piece of shit. He is a fucking amoral sociopathic freak. I like I I just I can't do this much longer, folks. Like I'm sorry, but like we got to wrap up the podcasting about Kevin. We got to shift focus to something <laughs> else because it's like uh, the deeper we go, the more we uncover this truly vile shit. There's like I we can't go any further with this. Like it's like he is a rock bottom personality. Like it's like we he he just sucks in every way and it gets to the point now that we're talking about stuff like this like this truly uh vile uh uh sexist weird fucked up comic is like this is t- now we're getting into just bad stuff that's not funny you know well thankfully that, we that, have reached and, the end of his work for marvel we have reached what seems to be the end of his work in big two comics unless we want to dive into his batman green hornet stuff yeah no uh we probably are gonna do that one too <laughs> the batman 66 versus green <laughs> hornet it seems like we should at least touch on that he had a bunch of other like false starts and things that didn't go anywhere and he had comics that were tie-ins to movies and he had a a 10 issue Bionic Man and Green Hornet uh, comic series, but they were just uh, adapt adaptations of his scripts that never got produced. So that feels like a cheat that doesn't <laughs> count, you know? Like, we don't need to worry about those. They're long and they're just from his shitty scripts that they, they didn't want to make. And uh, But Batman 66 for Screen Arrow, if we, d- I mean, Batman 66 meets Green Hornet, if we do anything else. With regards to his comics, it'll probably be that. <laughs> so stay tuned. But yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm, 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 I'm tired, y'all. You know. <laughs> at least we can leave this behind us. We can erase it from our memories, like Marvel has erased it from the canon. Yeah, like like uh, uh, liberals online like to say when they see like uh, casual sexism or or like when Zionists are, are really fed up with perceived anti-Semitism. I'm just tired. The <laughs> the, the, the the we need to talk about Kevin boys are tired, y'all. <laughs> uh, these sins are in our past. Even though there was some really nasty not fun stuff to talk about in this episode it does feel like sort of a purging took place a little bit of like catharsis this is one of the like most painful i think like most not painful like furious episodes we've done in a while i mean yeah the last the last time we were this negative on the pod might have been the yoga hosers episode maybe yeah (laughs) remember how fucking dark we got on that one you guys got pretty mad about widening gyre deservedly so that's true but that doesn't but that doesn't this is so much worse than that yeah widening gyre is incredibly stupid in its own way but it's like it's only it, it it's really only fucked up in its treatment of of Batman. Like this is like this is like that was fucked up to comic books, but this is just fucked up to humanity. You know, <laughs> like this is a yeah. a much greater level of sin. Yeah, than, uh, not a lot of people will ever meet an adrenochrome cannibal in their real life, but they'll probably uh, face some of the issues brought up in this comic. 
Yeah. Oh, here was here was a thing. Like, uh, I I was talking about how like reading this, it it seemed like he like just learned about rape for the first time. And the biggest example of that is when Peter, in his inner monologue, is reciting like a, all of the rape statistics. <laughs> he say like, what the oh, fuck? one in four people. What, he says, oh, one in four people, women, blah blah blah. But then some say one in nine women. But even if it's only one in a million, it's still not okay. And it's like, why do you have, like, weirdly, like, casting doubt on whether those figures are even, like, one in nine? I don't know. That sounds like a lot. But even if there were only, like, five women that ever got sexually assaulted, that would still be bad. It's like, why do you need to fucking clarify that? That's weird. (laughs) Like, uh, sorry to end it on that note, but <laughs> if you want to, if you want to hear Trevor and I actually having like a good time talking to each other, oh, the, yeah. uh, the secret stats stuff has been like genuinely a lot of fun to record and talk about stuff that doesn't make me want to kill somebody. We just had a great conversation about Tom King, yeah. uh, 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 reading this, uh, an episode that'll be out in a few days. Reading his stuff was very surprising. I didn't have the reaction to it. I was expecting to have. And I think we had a good conversation and that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, we won't be talking about nasty, gnarly, disgusting, uh, uh, j- just amoral stuff in that one. It's a good time. So you should definitely check that out yeah. on Patreon. And I, wish, you could, we, and I yeah. wish I could say that Mature Listeners is a podcast that also doesn't cover uh, really poor <laughs> descriptions of sexual assault. But it's a lot of it is DC in the 90s and... Mm. Uh, that was that was not uh that was not off the menu. That was yeah. Also, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you haven't heard our very nice uh Ted and Trevor Secret Stash theme song. But it's so good. Uh, you should you should go to orphilius.bandcamp.com and and check out uh, his music and maybe throw him some money. It's all up there for free on Bandcamp, but you can also throw him a few bucks for it if you want. Uh, uh, good, good buddy uh, who uh, made a nice song for us. So, wanted to give him a shout out there. Well, you yeah. can Ted find uh, mature listeners. Stash. Check it out. You can find Only mature on listeners. Patreon. Oh, <laughs> mature no, listeners. Go ahead, do yours. <laughs> Dueling plugs. Wait, no. Okay, let me just finish mine real quick. Patreon.com/slash/wnttak pod. Fuck. Right. No, no, it's not pod. It's just wnttak. <laughs> Okay, so you can find a Goof Troop and Mature Listeners at spalltalk.blogspot.com because I still have not updated that website. Uh, you can find <laughs> the Twitter account for the show at Mature Listeners. You can find my account at F- at, at F-U-C-K-I-N-A-L-P-A-M-A-R-E. You'll know it's me because my display name is currently uh, telling the Starbucks waiter waitress that my name is Christmas, I believe. Or something like that. Very, very good <laughs> chance your display name will be different by the time we post this episode. But my avatar yeah. will probably <laughs> still be a rainbow gradient over a picture of Luigi crossing up Vince Carter. <laughs> and Neil, Neil, all of Neil's relevant links and and Twitter handle will, of course, be in the show <laughs> description. So feel free to just click on those. <laughs> uh, and you can find my music at neiljacobi.bandcamp.com. And and also, there's this really great Twitter account that I think you should follow. God damn! Uh, I don't think it's anyone. I don't think it's anyone related to this podcast. It seems to be an anonymous person, but uh, they're always posting a lot of funny stuff. We have a good time interacting with them. It's at <laughs> underscore. Tur- <laughs> <laughs>
just a really good and fun account uh, uh, to follow. Uh, it, I, it's nothing un, unrelated to this. Just a good, a good anonymous friend. Uh, don't yeah. really know who he is, but I don't, seems yeah, like I, a good I, guy. I, I'm not familiar with that account. He's really. always. Always weirdly defensive of Ted. Uh, anytime well, I, I can post see anything I mean, about Ted, this at Lazarus underscore Turtle jumps in listen. to like testify to Ted's character. Even though I've Ted got is my fans that he does that he doesn't fans. know this guy at all. I, I have fans <laughs> who want to protect me. Is there anything? Is there something bad about that? I don't think so. You know, but I think- uh, you can find my great posts on two different accounts at Trevor Combo and at WNTTAK Pod. Uh, that's all. That's all me. And if you want to tweet about the theory that Kevin Smith was secretly putting out uh, uh, confessions into the world about his association with Harvey Weinstein, you can use the hashtag <laughs> Kevin on. Sure, yeah, let's get that hashtag going. Uh, it, oh, it, it it would it wouldn't hurt to also uh, mention uh, the fucked up stuff we talked about two episodes ago with his charity work even weirder in light of this really weird sexual assault themed comic that he totally abandoned his uh uh human trafficking charity and left that poor woman twisting in the wind oh, uh, I totally and then combine that with the that. Combine that with the Harvey stuff, it all forms like a big, weird picture, doesn't it? This is the only podcast where you can follow the Jordan Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I have a feeling that somehow this all comes back to, oh, fuck, what was that guy's name? Ted, the creepy old guy who discovered Kevin oh, in oh. the Clerks documentary. Shit, what was his I name? I forgot his fucking name. Damn it, I declared him my sworn enemy, but I can't remember his name. Fuck. Uh, the name that's coming to oh. mind is Larry Clark, but that's probably not it. No, no it's not Larry Clark. Uh, 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 Fans, uh, leave it in the comments or at the Twitter account if you remember who this guy is. Cause I, we I, I'll, I'll, I'll find it later and I'll put it in the show description in case anyone's wondering who I'm talking about. But uh, it all comes back to him and Harvey. Yeah, like he's been surrounded by predators his whole career. Whatever. What? Fuck it. I don't. That's enough. Enough about these awful, uh, dour <laughs> subjects. Yeah, we're going to uh, go thank watch you cartoons. So much. Thank you so much for listening to Comic Book Month. Um, I think this is the last free one in June, but it's very possible that Comic Book Month will continue into July if we don't mm-hmm. have any better ideas. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank- oh, and thanks, Neil. Thanks, of course, for coming oh, course. on the show. Thank Always you for having me on. And uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I'm sorry to the <laughs> it's, listeners. It's I'm sorry to anyone who's read this. Uh, oh, we're in, sorry in to ca- you, oh, man. In, like, ca- in case it wasn't clear, do not read this. Uh, this is a big, a big uh, not recommended. Uh, don't you should not read this at all. Zero thumbs down anyway, out of a possible three. Spider-Man does whatever a spider can Spins a web of any size Catches thieves just like flies Look out, here comes the Spider-Man